everyone to the Rabbit Tree Center Homestead Podcast, where we'll discuss all facets of running and operating a rabbit tree. This podcast is intended to be your go-to source of information as we answer all your rabbit tree questions and more. And now, from Bath, Michigan, your host, Bobby Jimenez. Welcome back to the Rabbit Tree Center Podcast. It's been a long time. I'm so excited to get back into this. Our last podcast was how to humanely dispatch rabbits, and I shared my deer hunting passion and how I tagged out this year on public land. And uh, I, you know, it was funny because I was like, oh, I can't wait to start doing all these podcasts. And then I got sick. I got the probably the sickest I've ever been in my life. I caught influenza A, which is at the very top of the list, the strongest flu you can catch. And then I was healthy for a couple of days. We had our big annual uh, Christmas slash New Year's Eve party. And then I got sick again. I got a sinus infection. And, you know, my voice, it was, I didn't even sound like myself. I wasn't going to record a podcast and have to hear that or put you guys through that and gals. But I wanted to get back into it and share all the the podcast uh, email, the, the Rabbitry Center podcast at gmail.com. Lots of people wrote in and I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Anybody that has any ideas or questions and just some things that I've said in the past that you're just like, wait a minute, you know, and we're, we're going to talk about that. We're going to address that today. And so let's get right into this. So the first question is from Brian A. He says, I've heard you mention that you shouldn't introduce greens too early. This is a really common question. You've heard me talk about grass and stuff. I don't remember when you said it. It was about four months ago. I wonder how this works with rabbit tractors. It seems like most people who use tractors get them in in there around six to eight weeks and are six to eight. I'm sorry. It seems like most people who use tractors get them in there around six to eight weeks old. Is grass different than greens? Is grass different than hay? He asked another question, but let's address this first. So I know folks ask this all the time and they think that I, I don't feed grass at all. I do feed grass. Now, it's important to not confuse going out there and cutting some grass with a hand sickle or something with the grass that is, you know, long clippings. Long clippings will ferment. When I feed grass to my rabbits, I will cut the grass from my raised beds. I stick to the grass that I grow with fodder or wheat grass. It's high in protein and but it's also high in water. So hay is grass, but it's dried. And some of the vitamins and minerals have actually leached out. It's not as high in, in vitamins and minerals. So grass is a, is a good thing, but it also can be bad when you're just feeding grass. When you're just supplementing your pellet with grass, it's high in water. It can cause diarrhea. Some folks will experience if they're overdoing it, uh, bloat or GI stasis with their rabbits, especially especially with young rabbits. So rabbits are built for a high fiber diet. So if you're going to feed grass, be sure to also feed dried hay. Dried hay is important because rabbits' teeth never stop growing and they need a variety. Okay. So if you're going to feed grass, just be aware of that, that you can't just feed grass. And it's important to also feed other things so you can have a variety and a balanced diet. Okay, so I hope that makes sense. Also, I think it's important that you understand mama has to have the grass first. Whatever you're going to be feeding these baby rabbits, she has to have it so she can produce the cecotropes. Cecotropes are the two kinds of fecal matter that rabbits produce in the nesting box. Um, well, not normally she's going to be uh, 
going to the bathroom in the corner of her cage, but she'll deposit cecotropes in the nesting box. That's why it's important for a nesting box to have a barrier where they can, it doesn't fall through the nesting box. So the baby rabbits, I mean, they will, they will nibble on these cecotropes and that will introduce these rabbits to the good bacteria before they're even, before their eyes are even open. Rabbits are born with, with their eyes shut for, and right around day 10 is when they, it's called blind time that their eyes should be open. So you should be going through and checking these rabbits and making sure that they can, their eyes are open because if they're not, they can, they can get milky eye where they're just, their eyes aren't developing. There could be an infection. So, but anywho, I just wanted to explain that grass isn't something that you have to completely stay away from. It just be aware that it, it, it does have a high water content. You can run into trouble if you're feeding too much. So whenever it comes to feeding grass, be sure to provide something else. Um, so when I'm, when I'm feeding, uh, or when I'm producing feed course videos and things like that, and we have a a feed course that's ready to go. If you guys want to hear more about growing your own feed, uh, we walk you right through that. We talk about growing grass. We talk about, um, you know, a variety of different ways to basically just eliminate pellet because not a lot of people want to, you know, continue to go to the, the store, especially what we just went through in the last couple of years. You know, there were shortages. I mean, there was stores that just did not have pellet. And, you know, just recently we had a store that, that our feed store was bought out by another store and they weren't providing. We, we went through this. So thank, thank goodness we had our own feed that we could feed our rabbits because there was no pellet. It was nuts. And that's why we created the feed course for folks that, you know, are in areas where they don't even have feed stores close or they have to grow their own livestock feed and, uh, or they can entertain, you know, feeding a lot less pellet and pellet is a great thing as far as convenience goes, but it's expensive and it's getting more and more expensive. And then plus when you're dealing with shortages, I mean, this is just, it's a headache and it's dangerous to your rabbits to try to change your feed willy nilly, but grass, grass can be a great thing. And we feed wheatgrass. We we actually cover crop all our raised beds and our food plots with wheatgrass. For one, for uh, whitetails, but two, because you know it's a great way to have fodder and feed standing by. And in the spring, basically, what we'll do, we'll just either spray glyphosate um, based on uh, you know not not a lot of people like to use chemicals or anything. You can also use water softener, salt, or mix up your own um, mixture that's a little less. Um, what do you say? Chemical or invasive or what, you know, I mean, but in my experience, one little shot of glyphosate, which is basically Roundup, um, you know, it'll die back for two to three weeks. And, uh, you know, we, we throw in rabbit manure, we cultivate it with our little, little cultivator. And that soil is amazing every year. That's just our system. You don't have to do it like we do, but it's just simple because we have so much to cover. Um, if I were to sit there and try to, you know, do it a different way, it would be a lot more time consuming. But getting back to the original question is, you know, grass bad or do I avoid grass completely? No, I just avoid feeding just grass. But getting back to your question, if I'm going to feed grass, I make sure mama has it first. That way she can produce the cecotropes. That way the rabbit's stomach, can they, their stomachs can be inoculated. And when they eat grass, they won't run into GI stasis or bloat. Um, they'll be able to digest it correctly because rabbits need that good bacteria. They need to be introduced to things slowly. And also, the, and most importantly, they need a variety. You know, rabbits are built for a high fiber diet. 
That's just the way their digestive system works with being hind gut fermenters. They're going to process once and then they're going to, you know, rabbits, once they're old enough, they'll produce their own cecotropes. Um, and then they'll be able to digest and get the vitamins and minerals the second time around. So a lot of people are grossed out when they hear that, but that's just the way their digestive system works. So, uh, so yeah, grass is a, isn't a bad thing. You know, it's not, it's not something that you completely have to avoid. You just have to make sure that, you know, you're not, you're not feeding too much of it. So, because it, it does have a high water content and grass, you know, grass is basically hay. It's just before it's been dried. So, and if you're going to run your rabbits and tractors, uh, that's terrific. You know, that's just, everybody raises their rabbits differently. So, um, you know, we process our rabbits right around 10, 11 weeks or, you know, they're sold. Most of our rabbits are, are sold and whatever, you know, rabbits we don't sell, uh, which are pretty much bucks, um, are getting processed and put in the fridge. I mean, it's, it's just an awesome system. We always have rabbit meat. We always have sales. We're never paying for whatever pellet that we are feeding. And it just seems like every year that goes by, we're, we're feeding less and less pellet and, and, um, you know, it's just a good system. And, and just last year, last year was really busy because more and more folks were asking about, you know, how they can get away from pellet in the stores and transitioning off pellet. So we made a course, we made a course specifically for that. There's hours and hours of content that's on that course that's not seen anywhere else. And we specifically made it just for folks to transition off the pellet. Or, you know, in the system, we talk about several different systems, you know, as far as like, completely getting off pellet or supplementing the pellet costs where you're, you're paying very little for, for pellet. So and what I like to do is go to the store, get three, four bags of 50 pound, you know, get, get 150 to 200 pounds of pellet. That way I don't have to go back for a long time. You know, we fill up these 50 gallon galvanized cans and you know, we're good. We're good for a couple months because we feed very little pellet. Now in the winter time, if we run out of our feed, we'll feed a little bit more. And we also have our raised beds uh, for, uh, our, our fodder. And in January and February, when the raised beds are covered in snow, we'll have fodder that we're growing indoors. So, and you can see a lot more information. Uh, you can watch a free feed course video on the rabbitrycenter.com. If you'd like to see more about that, you can see what kind of curriculum is on that course. Okay. So let's move on to the next question. Boy, I feel like that really went on for a long time. Second question is, is there anything that grows in the normal person's yard, <laughs> normal person's yard that shouldn't be fed to rabbits? I know you said you give them willow and apple branches to chew on. Are there species they shouldn't chew on, walnut, oak, etc., or any common sort of weeds or whatnot they shouldn't eat? I'm also in the Midwest, so probably similar species around. Thanks, Brian. Okay, walnut and oak. He probably he probably brought up walnut and oak because both of these are considered toxic trees and oak especially because it's high it's considered high in in tannins and you know when my rabbits er, earlier last year we fenced in um a little quarter acre area for our rabbits to run around and we you know it was a scientific experiment we watched what it ate uh, we were getting ready for our feed course and we've, you know, last year was really busy because we were filming videos all year long. And, you know, it was interesting because some of the stuff, it was a little confusing because we'd watch our rabbit eat oak, oak leaves and, um, you know, we would research it and we'd research about the tannins and everything. So there's certain trees that you want to avoid. And whenever it comes to this stuff, you know, certain things have a high toxic, toxicity level. Others have a lower toxicity level, but 
variety is king. You know, that's what's so is key. That's what is so important, you know, to, to just feed your rabbits clover every day over and over and over again. You know, it's like ice cream. So too much of one thing is going to be bad, even if it's a good thing. So, you know, clover is high in protein, but it's also, again, we talked, it's high in water. So for example, some really pretty flowers that look like, like bells, like the purple foxglove or lily of the valley, you know, these look like bells that hang down, uh, rhododendrons, these wild uh, beautiful flowers that grow, you know, in random places. I love those. Um, and then, you know, you and, and nightshade and azaleas, all these stuff. Um, these are bad, you know, these are toxic. These are things that you should avoid. Uh, buttercup, um, you know, that invasive yellow plant. Um, and then of course there's trees like uh, cherry, you know, cherry and peach, apricot, plum, um, even pine, you know, with the, with the sap and cedar, you know, these things, those are all, I'm probably forgetting some, but these are, these are things that you absolutely should avoid plants and trees when you're feeding, even our, our apples, we avoid feeding the seeds, you know, well, in, you know, in most cases we'll just stick to like sapling branches and things. That's what the rat and the leaves, that's what the rabbits get when we're feeding, when we're talking about apple and, and pear, and that's what we feed a lot of when it comes to the fruit trees. But they'll get the the saplings and the stems and the leaves, and we keep the fruit. You know, in some cases, we'll feed little pieces of apple or pear. We never give the the pit. We we never give the seeds. We never. Um, sometimes we'll give a little bit of banana, but you know, there's so many other things around the yard that you can feed. Uh, you know, like plantain in the clovers and dandelion in the spring. I mean, this stuff is terrific for your rabbits. So, so absolutely try to avoid, um, avoid those things. If you were to research Megan Heights, um, she talks about the toxicity levels in that book. She has, she has a whole section of that book. Um, what is that book called? Okay. I just leaned over to my library shelf, feeding rabbits for free. Uh, Feeding Rabbits for Free by Megan Heights. That's a great book and it shares a lot of toxicity levels. It also talks about um, some other plants. I mean, it's it's loaded. It's so much information in there. She even goes to all the Latin names and, and everything. So, uh, so much information. So I hope that helps you, Brian. And I know it's been a long time since you wrote that. So, so hopefully you're still with us. So we're going to take a short podcast product break. And today we're going to talk about our own Rabbitry Center Rabbitry Registry. And this is a very special product. We created this about a year ago because we wanted to help folks sell more rabbits all over the country, as well as Michigan. I have several Michigan podcast, or I'm sorry, rabbitries on this on our website. And you know, websites cost a pretty good amount to run, and you want security on the website. You want um, a lot of services that, and plus, you got to pay for hosting on your website. And you know, we we have a lot of products and on our, our website. And I'm not trying to supplement that cost by charging folks a lot of money for this registry. In most, in most cases, you'll run into an annual registry fee, which is around, you know, $30, 20 to $30 a year. And then on top of that, you have to, you have to just register the one-time fee, which is again, right around the same amount. Our, our normal fee is $20. It's still on sale for $10. Why is it so cheap? Why are we charging so little? Because I want folks to enjoy their rabbitry. I want folks to sell rabbits and I want it to make, I want it to be easy. I want to make it easy for folks. And this is a really cool software. It's a, a service that's on our website. You can click any state in the United States and 
we don't charge very much. It's a one-time fee. And it's because I just want your rabbitry on this website. And, you know, I'll pay for my own website hosting. I'll, I'll take care of our website like I have always. The security is top notch. Um, you know, we have the HTTPS and that's that little padlock that's on our, on our website. And I want people to enjoy a rabbitry on their property. This is something I'm so passionate about. It's, it's changed my life. It doesn't matter if it's snowing or raining or windy, whatever. I love going out to the rabbitry and enjoying my, my animals, my livestock. I, I love, uh, you know, just get, get seeing them every day. And, uh, you know, maybe sometimes I'm just exhausted. It's been a long day, but as soon as I get out there, it, it brings me that joy. And I know folks, if you're thinking about, uh, starting a rabbitry or maybe you just started and you want to sell more rabbits, this is a terrific service for you because, you know, in many cases, people don't want to buy their own website. They don't want to spend a lot of money on marketing. You know, some, some cases it's pretty common where people are trying to pick other people's brain and try to, you know, figure out a way where they can sell rabbits, but they're just not, you know, putting any money into marketing. Well, this is for you then, because for, for a limited time, for $10, a one-time fee. There's no annual fee. There's no. There's nothing after that. One time, $10 fee. And you can get on our website for the life of your rabbitry. So let me just read this product service. You can find this on the rabbitrycenter.com under rabbitry maps. Okay, it says, our website receives thousands of views every month from folks looking for rabbit breeders. Put your rabbitry on the map. Sell more rabbits. Just a small one-time fee for the life of your rabbitry. Your listing may include two rabbit breeds, website, social media platform, city, state, email, and phone number. Now, if you want to put more than two rabbit breeds, it's another, it's, you know, another $10. But, you know, in many cases, folks are only putting, you know, they're only specializing in one or two, one or two breeds. You'll receive an email from Bobby at the rabbitrycenter.com to confirm the rabbitry details before posting. Check your spam folder if you can't find the email. Your listing will be posted immediately after. And a really neat thing about the service is there's no additional charges. There's no uh, charges for updates or uh, edits. You know, you just simply email me and I can make the changes as soon as I can. We'll be, we'll be unable to post anything without confirmation. So once you purchase it, be sure I'll reach out to you and we'll get the details and then we'll post your, your rabbitry. You know, it usually happens within 24 hours. So uh, it's a really cool service. Now, when you click on the rabbitry map below the map, you'll see a link to register your rabbitry. Uh, you can also find this on rabbits and products and services, but you know, it's really easy. It's simple. It's quick. And man, is it effective. So, but it's important to know when you're reaching out and trying to find rabbits, and you're reaching out to these rabbit breeders for one rabbitries last about five to six years. And when people close the doors, often they don't reach out. So from time to time, we will receive an email from somebody uh, that says, you know, hey, this person's not selling rabbits anymore. And when people do that, that's great. We really appreciate it because we can keep our map updated. You know, it's important to take reservations all year long, even though your rabbits may not be ready to sell. Maybe you're between growing them out. You know, folks usually start selling rabbits anywhere from uh, two months to six months, and that's a long span. So be sure to reach out, be patient. And, you know, this isn't something that you can find and be done with within, you know, two to three weeks. It's something that you may have to work at for a month or two, maybe a little longer. But eventually, if you keep at it, you will find the rabbits to start your herd and start your rabbitry production. So, um, you know, I figured that was worth mentioning. So that's our product. And thanks for listening. So let's move on to Randy Bashi. And I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. 
question for clarification. He writes, and I think it's a he because it's R-E-N-D-Y. Did I understand you correctly that you feed 0.5 ounce pellets per pound, quarter cup in the morning, and then 0.5 ounce per pound in the evening? From what I read, I got the idea that it's 0.5 per pound per day. One of my concerns is that I'm not feeding them enough. I feed quarter cup pellets once a day with unlimited hay for a small five to six pound rabbit. Okay, five to six pounds. My rabbits are a Florida white mix. Okay, Florida whites are a small breed, so they're going to take less feed. They're going to take less space. And uh, you're going to be able to, to breed them faster, right around five pounds. So it's a little different. And, and again, you, you're right. It's 0.5 ounces of pellet per pound. So a 10 pound rabbit would get around five ounces a day. You can't feed, you know, the same portions. It just really depends on the size of breed. You know, there's small, medium, and giant, and there's also dwarf. So we're all going to feed a different amount based on the breed of rabbit that we're, we're raising. But if an easy way to find out is just take a, a Dixie cup or a plastic, you know, a keg cup or something and put it on the, the mailing scale, push the tear button. So it zeros out and then put your, your feed cup, fill it up with pellet and then pour it into the cup. You'll get an idea. And I've did this in the past and a third of a cup is right around 2.5 ounces. A half a cup is right around 3.5 ounces. And it just depends on if you're, you know, scooping a heaping full or not. And so that's why we feed um, two thirds a cup a day, because this is approximately five ounces of pellet. And that's perfect for a 10 pound rabbit. Now, right now it's about, um, I think today it's about four degrees Fahrenheit. It's been very cold. Our rabbits are doing great though. They're outside. Our rabbitry is outside. A lot of, a lot of people are just surprised at how well they do in the wintertime. Wintertime is so much easier on your rabbits. They're not dealing with mosquitoes. They're not panting. They're not sprawled out. They're moving around, blinking, playing, chewing, having fun. They're just fine. But one thing I recommend is to up that pellet, maybe an ounce or two a day, because they could use a few more ounces of pellet to burn a few more calories. You know, and in some cases, when you're coming out there, look into the J feeder before you put another scoop of feed in. If there's some left, then put a little less. You know, if they're eating at all, then continue to feed a half a cup in the morning and a half a cup at night, you know, depending on if you're coming out there once a day or twice a day. Um, you know, double it if you're only coming out there once a day. But um, as far as like your half portions, that's what we do. We feed our half portions every 12 hours. So it'll equal five ounces of pellet for our 10 pound medium breeds. So yeah, a quarter cup would probably be right around just about that. Randy Florida whites are a terrific small breed. Uh, they, they actually are known for dressing out the best small breed portions. I mean, as far as a, a meat to bone ratio, they're, can, they're known to be one like little chunk of meat. They don't eat very much and they're just a terrific economic choice. We just did a, a video on small breeds and giant breeds. And cause often folks are talking about, you know, if I was going to raise small breeds, you know, what should I pick? If I was going to raise giants, what's wrong with giants? You know, so many people want to raise giant breeds because they think they're going to get more meat. And you've probably heard me say it in the past. They're, they have bigger bones. They eat more and that and they also take up more space. Plus they take longer to grow out. But if you were going to raise, uh, a, a small breed, you know, I say in that video that Florida whites are, are probably the best. So, okay. Moving on to the next email. It's from Wayne 
Hey guys, I've been listening to the podcast and thought I'd take you up in your suggestion. I'm reading this just how it's written. Suggestion to the email in with questions. I'm very interested in starting my own meat rabbit production for my family, and there are several breeds I'd like to consider. However, I'm unable to find breeders. This is really common who ship and none of them, oh, who ship, yes, that's even more common, and then none of them are local to my area or state. I'm in San Diego County. Could you explain what the rabbit shipping process entails and why it's not more commonplace? If this question is something that's worth your time and will be of value on the podcast, please respond. And then he goes on and talks about how um, he can find a silver fox breeder, but it's a six-hour drive and uh, they charge $150 a rabbit. Wow. And it's almost $500 to to get started. Okay, well, a couple things. You know, you can actually hire someone. People um, will ship or drive even your animals to another state. But this is really expensive. So the most common way to to get your rabbits is just driving, driving and making the trip. And if this trip is going to be six hours or uh, even longer, because we've sold rabbits to folks in New York, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, you know, just, just a couple of weeks ago, we sold some rabbits to uh, a family in Wisconsin and they showed up in, in big family and they were actually visiting some family up North Michigan. So they came down, purchased the rabbits, actually went back up North. And then once they were ready, they made it around uh, Lake Michigan to Wisconsin. But, and he asked me about the Detroit lions and he's like, boy, the lions this year, this is the first time we, the lions have made the playoffs in 30 years. Even the surrounding States are rooting for the lions. Getting back to the question, the shipping rabbits, you know, it, you can fly rabbits out for about $200, two to $300, sometimes a little less expensive, sometimes a little bit more expensive rabbits, surprisingly fly and ship pretty well, but there's no guarantees. And plus you have to, you know, get the money up front and you know, you may have to replace rabbits if, if that's what your policy is. And, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a bit of a chore. And, you know, the most common way to, to get your rabbits is just drive, you know, just drive, make the trip, make a, make a vacation or a little vacation out of it. You know, if you're going to be going across state lines, you know, pick a hotel, pick a nice uh, area, maybe, maybe make a day of it and then get your rabbits on the day that you're leaving on the day that you're heading back home. You know, Rach and I have did that before. We've we've gone across state to get because you know over the years we've been selling rabbits for now ten years, and and uh, often when we we talk to our contact rabbitries, they have our our bloodline in it, and uh, not all the time, but you know often Rach and I will go up maybe to the tip of the mitten, stay the night, purchase some rabbits, and then head back, and uh, you know it's it's kind of fun. So make a make a trip out of it. Um, $150 a rabbit is pretty pricey. Uh, maybe these are champion rabbits. Maybe these have, you know, premium, uh, premium genetics and, uh, really depends on, you know, or maybe some folks are just starting out and they're trying to get a premium price. That's kind of, that's kind of pricey. But again, you know, when you're talking about California, when you're talking about New York, East coast, West coast, uh, this things are expensive there. You know, this is, Things are always going to be more expensive when you're talking about those areas of the country. So, you know, take that into account. It just depends on how much are you willing to spend to start to start out, and especially if you can't find rabbits, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You know, when we start out with beekeeping, I was shocked. You know, we, we've been beekeeping now um, about seven years and uh, maybe a little bit more. And I was shocked at how much it costs to get started. 
and because you have to buy, you know, your nukes, you have to buy your packages, you got to buy your, your uh, equipment to put the nukes in. And it's, we're talking a pretty good investment, you know, $500 at least, um, more, more closer to $1,000 to really start a big production of uh, a big apiary, but, or a, an apiary with a good chance. Sorry, I digress. But so it just depends on what you're willing to invest. And uh, I hope, I hope you find your rabbits, Wayne. I, I think $150, um, you're probably talking about some, some pretty good rabbits and, uh, but don't give up, you know, often folks, when they're putting out, uh, ads, it's when they just, they just have a litter that's available, you know, and, and not everybody has a website. Not everybody's always taking reservations. And, you know, if, if you are going to be a, a rabbitry that's wants to sell rabbits, then I think you should consider a website that always takes reservations just because you can't help everybody at the same time. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't always take reservations and, you know, not a lot of rabbitries do that. Often folks are just putting ads on Craigslist or posting on Facebook or Instagram, whatever social media they use only when they have a litter. So, and you know, it takes two months to, to have a litter and grow them out. And, and, you know, folks often start, selling their rabbits right around two to three months old. Sometimes they'll even grow them, grow them out longer. It's not that uncommon to find a rabbit that's six months old, ready to breed. Um, we're talking about medium breeds, but so that's what you're dealing with. So that's why I recommend, you know, reaching out, looking for rabbits, contacting lots of emails. And the, plus the lifespan of a rabbitry is right around five years. You know, some folks raise rabbits for the rest of their life. You know, Orrin Reynolds raised rabbits right until that's the the old president of the ARBA, the American Rabbit Breeders Association. He raised rabbits until he was 102. You know, this is something that I absolutely love. And I'm even when it's raining, even when it's snowing like it is right now. Today we're we're getting a couple inches of snow and it's been under it's been below freezing. I'm sorry, below freezing, below zero degrees for the last 10 days. And I still enjoy, people call me crazy, but I love going out there and seeing the rabbits and feed. It's just a passion of mine. I enjoy it. I have lots of things that I'm just crazy about that people call me crazy. I love to deer hunt and sit on a tree when it's freezing temperatures and get those, you know, crushing feet, toe numbing mornings and watch whitetails walk by. People call me crazy. I absolutely love it. You know, if you, if you love watching, uh, livestock in the, in the back of your property or raising, raising animals, it's not that, you know, you know, really it's more common than you think. And, uh, I recommend it. And, but if you can't find rabbits anywhere else, then, you know, maybe you should consider taking this deal. If you've only been looking for rabbits, you know, a, a month or two, I'd say, keep at it. Often folks take the winter off and, and they really start up around March, February or March. And then, you know, April, May, June, July, you may have a little bit more success. And then sometimes they, they shut things down in the, in the heat of the summer too, depending on where they're at. So there's these little windows when you can actually find these rabbits, but I wish you the best of luck. Just keep at it and uh, keep looking. And, you know, it's one of those things where you really have to dedicate some time every day. Just keep looking because rabbits are here today and gone tomorrow. And there's a short window because litters are small and, and they take a couple and depending on how big the rabbitry is, we're a small rabbitry too. So, you know, we'll have reservations that by the time we contact people, you know, often they're like, Oh, we already found a rabbit somewhere else. And I'll just say, 
I'm glad you found your rabbits and then move on to the next reservation. And that's why I recommend taking more and more, taking reservations all year long. That way you have leads so you can sell your rabbits and, but that's just me. So I know that was a really loaded answer. I'm just trying to, uh, give you all the information I can. So, so our next email is from Gretchen. Uh, hi guys. I want to start by thanking you so much for all the information you've put freely available in audio so I can listen to it while I drive. I love listening to podcasts while I drive. I am, am, I am an amateur and just for fun, a rabbit breeder in Tacoma, Washington. I have my rabbits indoors as pets, which I understand is not your case, but hearing you tell, uh, tell me what to do has been so helpful over the past couple weeks. My doe, a one-year-old dark gray Holland Lop, gave birth December 6th. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. I have been spoiling her the best I can, like you said, and locked up my buck. Locked up my buck. Oh, kept the buck away. Black and white lion head right away. I have been checking on the babies twice per day, and today I went in and checked on them, and one died. Oh, bummer. He was under a pile of fur and away from the other three Obviously, you can't tell me why this happened, but I'm wondering if it could be due to the mixed breeds or possibly our mixing breeds or possibly maybe mama forgot to feed them. I've never seen her feed them. And I know she is trying not to attract predators. Um, do I need to um, line the nesting box? Um, we are dealing with a lot of grief reactions for my five-year-old daughter. <laughs> I would love to know if this is going to happen to all the rabbits. Oh boy. It's really tough to say. And then she says, thanks. Thanks for your work. And thank you. Thank you for reading. So I'll try to answer these in, in order. There's a, a couple different deals in here. So, you know, it sounds like you're checking on them correctly. And, and, uh, as far as, you know, finding your rabbit under the fur, you know, in most cases, those rabbits that expire, they'll either be dragged out of the cluster, or they'll actually be buried uh, deep down into the cluster just because the rabbits are, you know, really fighting for a nipple when mama comes to feed or nurse. And they, they just end up at the bottom of the, the cluster where all the fur is at. You know, you want to remove that for one, because, you know, it'll, it'll start to smell, it'll smell like roadkill and, and it'll, it'll just be like a cold blob. And, you know, having uh, your kids involved is great having chores and stuff, work ethic, but um, when there's, you know, when they, they experience the death, um, the loss, you know, that's, that's certainly tough and that's a hard conversation to have. Um, it's important, you know, that's an opportunity for the kids to learn, but, uh, again, that's just a tough, that's a tough conversation and lesson to, to teach your kids, but it's important though. And, you know, just, um, my heart goes out to you for that one. I mean, that's anytime you're raising livestock, it's not necessarily anything you did wrong. I mean, now when you're, when you're breeding dwarf rabbits, now that's something where you can run into trouble because of the dwarfing gene, you, you're, you're liable to have peanuts. You never want to, to breed um, a dwarf to a dwarf because it'll make, <clears throat> because a peanut is a double dwarfing gene. Those rabbits will not survive. Their, their heads are too big and they just can't digest their food. But a lion head and a, uh, Holland Lop. I mean, these are small breeds. They're going to average right around four rabbits, three to four rabbits per litter. Their litters are a little bit smaller. And, you know, one loss out of the entire litter, it's, I wouldn't say it's common, but it's not, it's not that rare. Um, because, you know, in many cases, when you're having New Zealand's, they'll have these big litters and you'll, you'll lose one out of, say, 10 or one out of 12, or, you know, sometimes litters average around eight, but, 
you know, that's not, it's just anytime you're raising livestock, you, you have to be prepared for that. And, uh, it's not anything you did wrong. It sounds to me like you're, you're raising your rabbits, right? You're spoiling them. You're, you're probably providing, um, some higher fat content like black oil, sunflower seeds or whole oats. This will help with lactation. You want to double the feed portions, uh, provide a lot of fresh water. Um, you asked about, uh, washing the, the lining, you know, you, you are going to want to wash the lining because there's probably going to be a little bit of blood uh, from the birth. You know, rabbits will uh, eat the placenta. Their placenta will add a lot of minerals and vitamins to the and nutrients to the rabbit. We have a video actually on our channel that shows the rabbit eating her placenta right after the birth, giving birth. It's rare to see a mama nurse a litter only because they only do it for a few minutes a day, uh, maybe twice a day. And it's just, you know, it's a short window out of a 24 hour period, but breeding a small breed to a small breed, um, you know, that's our, a mix mixing breeds. That's nothing that, you know, would cause losses. A new rabbit, a new mama rabbit, you know, of course, isn't going to be as experienced as say her next litter or third litter. You know, these rabbits will get better. You know, you want to make sure if you're ever going to breed a medium breed to a small breed, you want to make sure the medium breed is the mama rabbit. You know, I would just say keep up the good work. Um, I'd be sure to try to clean the nesting box after after the litter, after a few days. You know, in most cases, we're not using a cloth or anything. We'll just use um, shavings and then straw for the bedding. But we will swap out the nesting box or the nesting area. We'll clean it after a few days. We'll just use something to even a tub or a shoe box or another nesting box. And we'll take, we'll round up the litter. We'll put it into the new nesting box and then we'll just swap out the nesting box. If you don't have anything, again, you can, sh- you can use like a tub or a, or a shoe box, but, but yeah, there's probably some straw that has some blood on there from the placenta or something like that. So and Gretchen, you reached out about mid December and you know, I was, I was sick as a dog then. And I apologize that it took so long to get back with you. And if you wanted to reach back out and let us know how the litter uh, litter went, how, how many survived and how it's going. I'd really appreciate that. And it's not going to take as long to, maybe I can even mention it on the next podcast. So, but that's going to do it for, for this episode. And, and, uh, again, if anybody wants to reach out and share their experiences or some ideas, um, you know, that's going to make my day. Of course, you can always watch all our videos on any topic, just simply go into uh, the YouTube search window and put in the Rabbitry Center and then the topic you'd like covered. You most likely will find a video or two. I think we've covered just about every topic twice, sometimes three times. But if you happen to have a question that I haven't produced a video on, you're going to make my day because that means I get to make a video on a completely different topic. I'll be sure to do that. So you guys can always check out our full course whenever you guys are ready to take your Rabbitry to the next level and start start selling rabbits and profiting. And it's pretty exciting. We just uh, launched that feed course, still have sales going on uh, for the new year. Uh, As of now, anyway, it is going to be a limited time. Eventually those prices will go back up for the year. So thank you so much for listening and that's going to do it. Uh, Until next time, we'll see you on the next podcast.